Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be It Works, How and Why Studying Commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, It Works, How and Why. Alright folks, this is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there are going to be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text toward reaching those seeking a resource like this. We know if one person benefits from our efforts, we collectively believe, even including us, then our participation was well worth the effort. We're going to start off with our introduction, and then we're going to jump into the text. Get a pen, a highlighter, and get ready to go. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is episode 31 for the Works How and Why Study for the Anonymous Podcast. We're going to begin on page 115. The paragraph that starts, unlike the admission, but first we're going to give our introductions. Jennifer, what's happening? Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I attend meetings in Sacramento, California, and my home group is The Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. All right. Next gentleman is well into his fifth year recovery. Eric, what's happening? What up, fam? I'm an addict. My name's Eric. My clean date is September 16th, 2019. Uh, my home group is Friday Night Clean. It's in Brandon, Florida, part of the Sun Coast. Thanks, bro. What's up, Andrew? Hey, friends. My name is Andrew G. I'm an addict. My clean date is May 16th, 2008. Uh, my home group is No Matter What in North Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks, bro. Going over to the Open Minds crew. Barb, what's happening? Hey, Douglas and everybody. My name's Barbar. I stay in Panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10 coming on a birthday. And my home group is uh, Open Mind. <laughs> all right. Excited about all those birthday cakes, Barb. What's up, Paul? Hey, I'm Paul. I'm an addict. My clean date is January 6, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans, and my home group is Open Mind. Thanks, Paul. And and we and Will, jump on in. We borrowed Will from the Guiding Principles. What's up, Will? Hey, family. Will, addict. Uh, my clean date is February 27th of 2013. My home group is the Sunday Serenity Group in Ashtabula, Ohio. All right, welcome, Will. Hey, folks, I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. I'm going to clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA. Stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, here we go. Episode 31, it works how and why study for the Anonymous Podcast, page 115. With Unlike the Admission, Paul, would you be willing to read the first two and comment? Sure. Unlike the admission we made in the first step, which was made in desperation, the admission we made in step five was voluntary. This complete disclosure of our innermost selves made without reservation resulted in a breakthrough in our ability to accept ourselves and trust others. Our sponsor's acceptance and our higher power's unconditional love made it possible for us to judge ourselves less harshly. We developed a little more humility with the awareness of the exact nature of our wrongs. We began to understand that humility and self-loathing are incompatible and can't exist at the same time. With our awareness of the exact nature of our wrongs, our character defects, and the humility inherent in that awareness, our desire to change increased dramatically as we worked step six. Though we may have experienced some apprehension about surrendering our character defects, we overcame our fears by drawing on the trust and faith we had, to, we had developed in a loving God. Trust and faith, two important elements of a spiritual awakening, made it possible for us to become entirely ready to allow a power greater than ourselves to work in our lives. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if I would have gotten through a fifth step if I hadn't heard my fourth step come out of somebody else's mouth. I was, I, I'm an only child. I was a gay only child. I assumed that I was the only person in the world who had done what I had done. and the ability to hear that coming out of someone else's mouth. <laughs> and now over the years, out of way too many of your people's mouths. <laughs> and it always starts with this, can I talk to you after the meeting? <laughs> and um, and so that kind of thing made the world open up. I mean, I just, I get chills just thinking about it. To come from that place of, I'm the only one, it's not fixable, it'll never work for, you know, it works for y'all, but it won't work for me. To, I am not alone, this is absolutely fixable. 
is unbelievable. I mean, it just, that's the thing is if you're new and you're listening to this, it feels unbelievable. How is writing something that I don't want to tell anybody going to change that and talking to somebody about it? And, and look, that humility they talk about that, that uh, trust and starts on that humility starts with honesty. I've been writing on some concept and I am more and more clear that until I get honest about things, whatever it is going on, and it's a, it's a continuing effort because now what I don't do is the lies that I used to do, but I'll do the lies of omission. That's a good Catholic word right there. Those lies of omission. Like I'll just ignore shit and say, oh no, everything's okay, you know, it's okay. And and not really tell the truth about what's going on. And um, you know, that that willingness to tell that truth and then to to glean out of that a piece of paper with these character defects on it. And and, and the power of that. When it rolls around in my head, I am filled with character defects. When I sit with my sponsor and I write them down, it's one page. Now it's a full page, <laughs> but it's one page. And it's not this thing that is going to just devour me, which is what it was before I did that process. So if you're, if you're scared or you're stuck, for God's sakes, don't get stuck on the sixth step. For God's sakes, keep plugging along. If you're starting to kick the dog or you're starting to yell at your the person you love, keep moving. That's the sixth step in all its in all of its wonder right there. And and staying on it gets you angrier and angrier and angrier. So, thanks. Thanks for his comments, Paul. I like too how you started out with the the those couple of sentences there. Um, definitely got got here. It was out of desperation. I needed to. I needed. To, yeah, I'll admit whatever the fuck I need to admit. That that, that I, I wasn't struggling with that. But then you know, like when 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 step five and anytime I'm fifth stepping or getting current, you know, with 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 my people or something like that, it's a uh, voluntary. Even even a step further than that, it's like I desire that. Thing. Like I crave that that honesty, and I crave hearing that from other people too, you know. And and um, uh, and I and I I'll share this, and then I'll kick it over to you, Eric. You were talking about like having having those things like on a piece of paper at the end of it, you know, and, and kind of boiling it down. Man, my first couple, my first couple like walkthroughs through the steps and stuff. I it was almost like to stop the bleeding. It really was. It wasn't even like. You know how now, man, it's sometimes like we'll we'll, we'll go through the step work on something and 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 it's almost like putting the 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 finishing strokes on or like the fine touches and shit like that. And at first for for a while, those first couple of seasons, I was stopping the bleeding. And I and one thing I was so embarrassed, like I, I'm 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 so insecure, so self-conscious about my body. I stutter, the way my voice sounds, my weight, the way I smell, like you fucking list it. I'll relate to it. You know, it's like, it's all that. And, uh, and man, one thing I thought I was like, one thing I was so afraid to tell, to tell the dude that was sponsoring me at the time. And I don't think I did until I was like a year and a half clean or something. My nipples go, um, instead of going out, they go in and, uh, and I can say it now and it's kind of, you know, who gives a fuck? You know, it's like, seriously, I don't, you know, I'm not feeding anybody who gives a fuck, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but bro, my whole fucking life, man, my whole fucking life, I hated myself. I didn't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I I wouldn't want to wear shirts without a logo on the front. I was fucking, it hurt to talk about that. Like it was one of those things. And you know what I did, man? It was like, the per I, I, the the dude who listened to it, he didn't even know why it was, it was who gives a fuck like was his attitude you know but it was something that kept me just fucking emotionally fucked up you know just emotionally fucked up you know what I do now as an adult you know to counterbalance that like my nipples are pierced now so they have to you know so they they're they're out now you know to be with a little help of some surgical steel and shit but it's like 
you know, it's like stuff like that. And so I question myself. I, I wonder if I take a step back, you know, and look, is there anything still like that going on that maybe is just binds me up? And in the grand scheme of things, no one gives a fuck about except me, you know, and, and that's what and that's what step work has allowed me to do is identify those things, man. So you're right. Like it boils that shit down and get it on a piece of paper. And it's like, why? Why am I bound up for so long? You know? All right. What's up, Eric? Uh, thanks for sharing that, Doug. It's good, man. Um, yeah, I like from from the get of this these two paragraphs, man. Uh, unlike the admission we made in the first step, which was made in desperation, the admission we made in step five was voluntary, and that's been like the process. And that was the first time I really realized, like, oh, I'm doing this. You know, I've done the one, two, three thing a few times, and uh, I remember when I actually went through that process, and which was pretty difficult for me, man, because I had the same kind of insecurities and. Uh, self-loathing really man and like my sponsor was a cool motherfucker man you know he was an old g you know and um to sit down and talk with a man about these things was uh difficult for me man and like you know it just kept coming out of his mouth it was like me too you know and like uh, you know share a little bit with me it was perfect man that, that process with that guy was perfect and uh you know but i didn't have like a a great breakthrough feeling of oh what a relief but over time like i still carried a little bit of that that self-loathing with me, but it did wane. And like what happened was my relationship with him got closer, you know, and like I came to trust and rely on him even more. Like it was a trust building process going through that with him. Um, I love how it talks about, you know, humility and self-loathing are incompatible, can't exist at the same time, man. It reminds me of that line, uh, um, you know, self-loathing is still self-obsession, man. So like, that's the same thing, right? So like self-obsession and humility are incompatible. And I like that it talks about uh, humility inherent in that awareness, man. By going through that process, I get some inherent humility from that process, man. You know, like going through that honestly, I, you know, I get some humility. Some, you know, there's some, there's some inherent in that. You know? And then trust and faith. You know I mean, trust and faith, two important elements of the spiritual awakening. Just over and over again, man, I still get to practice that today. Like the trust and the faith that, that this is it. You know, this is the way and I've got so much evidence, you know what I mean? That's what drives me crazy. Sometimes there still can be the doubt in my mind. Um, you know, sometimes when I'm taking an H and I meeting into a place, I'll, I'll question, but I, you know, I don't know if it's for anybody else or not, but I know it's for me. Like every time I leave H and I'm like, I believe, I believe in this, you know what I mean? And, um, and I got that from my sponsor too, man. Like he was so sure. You know, I remember asking him in the second step, I said, do you really think I could be restored to sanity? He said, Eric, not only is this possible, if you keep, if you keep working this program, it's inevitable. It is inevitable. You know, that's how much he believed in the, in the steps, man. So, those are comments. Thanks for his comments, Eric. What's up, Will? Hey, Will Addicts. Um, thanks for that, Eric. That was great. Um, I also grabbed out of that first line where it says, uh, unlike the admission we made in the first step, which was made in desperation, the admission in step five was voluntary. Kind of equate that to, I've been through the step work process a number of times. Um, and someone else was sharing that first time was all about desperation. It was all about save me, help me. Um, and as I get to go through them again and again, and I can't stress that enough, like my last round of steps was way better than my first round of steps which was way better than my second. And every time I finished around, I was like, it's, it can't possibly get better than this. You know, and the step work has made a liar out of me time and time again. Like it has always gotten better. Um, and for the, the you know, four, five, six that it's talking about in here, um, I, I think it's really good that we do these steps with somebody. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would be able to get through this pivotal point by myself. Um, because, uh, you know, as the sponsorship IP points out, like self-deception is really hard to see. Um, and I said, this is like a simple program for complicated people, but catch 22, I'm a walking contradiction. I'm very simple. Um, and when it comes down to six, like I've got to weed out a lot of those. Like I talked about this last week, like my first six, you know, I had like a page and a half of these defects I had to deal with. Um, when really just a lot of those behaviors were things I, I, I reach out for. Um, when I'm dealing with fear, anger, resentment, or whatever it might be, like it's it's boiled down to just a core few for me. Um, where before it was like lying, manipulation, cheating, like those are the things I grab onto when fear is a part of my life. 
Um, so to find out it's really a simple problem makes it almost embarrassing and fucking, uh, well, I don't really want this answer because now I know what I actually have to work on. Um, and it was easier to say, I need to stop lying. Cause that's, that's just general, but to work on, okay, why am I afraid of these things? Why, why am I feeling lonely right now? Why am I lashing out? Like it, it, it's just helped a lot in this last run. Um, humility and self-loathing are incompatible and can't exist at the same time. That's cool. I, I can't be humility being completely aware of what, what reality is and what's around me. Can't fit with self-loathing because my life's not really ever that bad, right? Like, uh, I, I'm a big fan of if I got one problem, my whole life shit, right? Like, if there's one thing going wrong today, the whole fucking world's on fire. Um, I have a lot good in my life, and it takes it usually takes someone pointing out to, for me to, to, to realize that. I don't usually get to that one on my own right away. It's usually calling a sponsor, talking to somebody, and then be like, Is, you, you spent $500 you didn't want to spend? Oh, okay, who gives a fuck? You make money. Who... It, is your house there? Is your wife there? Like, oh yeah, I guess that's all still there. Um, or, you know, someone talked to me like I was little and I fucking want to get mad because I am and I got a complex about that shit, you know? So like, if someone talks to me, like I'll get all the, and nobody respects me. The whole fucking world thinks this, you know, in reality is that's just not usually true, man. It's usually just, uh, I like to latch on to things that hurt so I can act the way I want to act back to that fear piece. You know, that's all I have for right now. Thanks guys. Thanks for those comments, Will. Hey, Barb, would you be willing to read the next two at the bottom of 115 with consciously asking? Sure, Douglas. Thanks. Constantly asking the God of our understanding to help us in step seven was an important development in the awakening of our spirit. That request was tangible evidence of how much we had changed spiritually. This was the point where many of us began to sense the enormous difference that our higher power could make in our lives. Because we had asked for and been granted some freedom from having to act on our shortcomings, we finally began to grasp what the miracle of recovery offers us. Carried along by the promise of continued freedom in our lives, we proceeded in step eight to make ourselves aware of what we had done to others in our active addiction. Again, we saw how the spiritual preparation of the previous steps made it possible for us to withstand the pain and remorse of listing the people we had harmed. Our willingness to make amends to them all brought us further away from the grip of self-obsession. Our search for recovery was no longer focused on what we could get out of it for ourselves. We saw beyond the confines of our own lives and our efforts in recovery began to be more generous. We developed the ability to feel empathy for others. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and it, I like where I got underlined again when we saw that, that how the spiritual preparation of the previous steps made it possible for us to withstand the pain and remorse. Um, you know, back there, I'm going to go back that where it said uh, made without uh, this complete disclosure of our innermost selves made without reservation resulted in a breakthrough in our ability to accept ourselves and trust others. And that was exactly what happened for me. You know, I did it with a girl I didn't even know. I prayed for the willingness. Something overcame me. I did all 12 steps. And I always say, I, I, I didn't get poof that first round of steps. It was just like peeling that first um, very superficial layer of the onion. But what I got is I realized that I wasn't a victim. There were a whole bunch of victims and it wasn't me. <laughs> you know, that's what I realized. And then it was like me um, stepping back into the human race and with a woman. And I had never bonded with women, you know, so um, that's pretty much. And then where it said about the uh, trust and faith, two important elements of a spiritual awakening. And then where it says, again, how we saw the spiritual preparation of the previous steps. You know, I didn't realize then, but I was laying the foundation for that unshakable faith that I have today, you know. So um, really the four step, you know, and, and subsequent four steps have been there's been no fear. You know, that first one, I didn't really think about it. I just did it because I wanted to stay clean. But now, now, once I did that first one, I know what happens. And it's awesome. You know, it's painful sometimes, but it's awesome, you know, revealing, revealing things about me, you know, and revealing, helping me to understand me, revealing the damage that, that I've done, I participated in that was done to me and that I, you know, that that's happened to me. 
and um, healing from that. So I'm, you know, I love the four step now. And today it's more about the uh, six and seven. Um, and, and the first time I know where it said that we began, because we had asked for and been granted some freedom from having to act on our shortcomings, that took that took a few sets of steps for me before I started realizing. The first time I thought six and seven, oh, these are easy, you know. But the further I go along, the more I realize that six and seven is where the rubber hits the road, you know. And um, they're not easy at all. And I love how the flat book, you do the columns on the character defects the last two times. That has been like um, so revealing to me, you know, in um, six and seven. So, um, you know, the steps are awesome. I'm I'm on a concept too. I'm doing concept three in Al-Anon. I've done I'm doing and I'm getting ready to start the NA concepts too. So um that's cool. You know, and when we were talking, when people were talking, there was a guy when I came in and he he used to tell me the charges have been dropped, Barb. And he'd tell me that over and over. And he'd also tell me, God don't make junk, Barb. You know, God don't make junk. And I tell myself that today. God don't make junk, Barb, you know. And and even with the character defects, I, I like to think of them as character traits that get out of balance because I'm not defective. I'm not defective. I'm just sick and I'm just, um, what is it? I'm not bad trying to get good. I'm sick trying to get better, you know? And I like where they, when they do that reading and they say getting better, you know, because that's it, you know, I'm getting better today. So thanks. Love you guys. Love you too, Bart. Thanks for those comments. And it's really cool to 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 highlight and, and and really drill down with the folks listening. The fear does dissipate, man. You the next round of steps a little bit less, the next round of steps a little bit less. Paul and I, we're 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 doing my step work out of the flat book this this go around and and we did a four and five this past. Yeah, the flat book. I'll I'll uh eight thousand questions. So most about the same shit, but anyhow, I digress. So we're doing a four or five and look, you know, what's really cool is like the, the, the amount of fear that I had about talking about, you know, some things minimum, 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 especially almost nothing compared to, you know, those first couple of years to where it's like, Oh fuck, this is the worst. And how am I going to nothing like that? It's a desire to be healthy and drives it now instead of a fear of going back to active addiction, which is really cool, man. You know, which is really cool. And Barb, you know what? I I, I can't remember. So I don't think I've ever done a six step out of the flat book. You know, so that's that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. You know, looking Douglas forward to that. loves the flat book now. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fan. I, I I like the thoroughness of answering the same question over and over again. <laughs> I really. <t> <laughs> All right, this is good stuff. What's up, Andrew? What's happening? They should put that endorsement in the Nas store. It's fantastic. <laughs> description of the flat book um i you know i uh every time we've met the past like i think three or four times i find myself googling the definition of the word spiritual and spirit at like you know in kind of the the vein of jen and christine with like really leaning into the definitions of stuff and it's i, I never remember it and it's always about like that like our soul, right? The thing inside of us that makes us human. Um, and I think about it in the context of like what we're talking about here, how the steps lead to my spiritual awakening, how the steps bring me to the awakening of my spirit. And I think for me, you know, like, just like everybody else has said, like every round of going through the steps, I have gotten more free. And I have realized that the things that I am so convinced are a huge deal and are so true about myself and the world around me are not that big of a deal and are not all that true. And in fact, like I'm a prisoner, you know, um, like I've become a prisoner to my own sickness because I don't want to get honest with you guys, you know, or because I don't want to put this stuff on paper. Or I don't want to feel uncomfortable, you know, and in thinking about step seven, because we had asked for and been granted some freedom from having to act on our shortcomings, we finally began to grasp what the miracle of recovery offers us. Like talk about the awakening of my spirit, right? That like, even with some time away from like the obsession being removed and not feeling like every day I want to get high or I want to kill myself or something like that, to have these problems that keep showing up in my life and every relationship that I have, you know, these, these, you know, character defects, whatever. And then I finally see, I start to shake some of them. I mean, like that for me is just like, 
I, like I almost can't describe just how fucking amazing it is, right? Like how free it is, and like it, you know, to to really connect with like with my HP of like, wow, this is really possible. You know, like uh, you know, we talk about being a whole ass human. Like I am becoming a whole ass human today, and that is a big deal, bro. Like it's a big deal. Um, and and it just like when I when I zoom out from that right and get the the 30,000 foot view I mean it's just amazing like that awakening of my spirit of like man I'm be I'm becoming a whole person bit by bit day after day year after year um and then I like I love how it kicks in an eight right the same way that it did at the end of the 11th step about like cool I have this huge spiritual awakening and like now I get to extend that to others right like I get to see a little bit beyond myself because I've only been thinking about me and now it's like cool man like, let's clean up the wreckage of this other shit that you're doing, right? Like, let's be willing to to take some of that good stuff that you're putting inside and some of that good work that HP's giving you, like, turn it outward a little bit, you know? Um, get ready to face some other people with, like, with this new freedom and, and kind of see where, like, that awakening takes you, you know? Um, and it's just so cool, man, how, like, you know, like, everybody has shared, like, every time I do this, it's so different. You know, and, and I feel like whenever I start it on, I've always done like the flat book and every time I start, I'm like, fuck these questions, <laughs> you know, and like, I totally get the, the asking the same thing over and over. Um, but I feel like when I get to the point where I'm at right now, like end of six of seven going into eight, I, I have this big hit of the spiritual awakening of like how much the HP is working in my life. And like, it just fires me up, dude. Like it just gets me super fucking stoked. So I still got Thanks. Thanks, bro. Your enthusiasm is contagious, man. I get pumped up hearing about it, too. All right, cool. Jennifer, are you willing to read the next two? Starting once we had yep. on 116. Got it. Once we had engaged in the process of making amends in the ninth step, we could see how it contributed to our spiritual growth. Our humility was enhanced by our newfound appreciation of others' feelings. Our self-esteem grew along with our increased capacity to forgive both ourselves and others. We were able to give of ourselves. Most, most of all, we gained freedom, freedom to live in the present and feel that we belonged in the world. The discipline we practiced in the 10th step ensured that we continued to breathe new life into our awakening spirits. We practice ongoing adherence to our newfound values, thereby strengthening their importance in our lives. We saw that by making sp our spiritual development our primary focus, other aspects of our lives would progress naturally as they were meant to all along. Um, I always go back to the freedom piece, you know, talked about in the first paragraph. Most of all, we gain freedom, freedom to live in the present and feel that we belonged in the world, right? Not a place that I felt like I belonged when I got here. And I waffle in and out of that sometimes where, you know, um, where, where do I belong or how do I belong here? You know, questioning all of that stuff. Um, but I think it's true. Our, you know, self-esteem grew along with our increased capacity to forgive both ourselves and others. There is, you know, a big piece of the ninth step that often has to do with me, you know, and, and I know we've talked about it on here before, but you know, I, it never occurred to me for years, um, that I was worth making an amends to, you know, um, you know, and if people knew, you know, it's like that thing. It's like, if people knew how I, you know, talked about myself sometimes in my head and, and what I listened to and what I believe, um, like I, somebody, if somebody were to tell me that about them, I'd be like, well, that's not true. You know what I mean? It's like, it's way easier for me to tell you how fantastic you are than to tell myself how fantastic I am. Apparently fantastic, by the way, is the word of the day. And uh, <laughs> this, so, you know, it's really been an exercise for me and probably I would say even more so in the last couple of years where I've really had to look at you know, how I treat myself, what I tell myself. And, and then with that, when, when we go, when we get into step 10, like part of that discipline is really making sure that I'm staying, you know, connected with me because the better off my spiritual condition is really the better off y'all are, you know? Um, 
what is that Barbara always says? I work on me and you get better. You know, it's kind of how that works. And, um, you know, I think we were talking about this on the, um, on the 10th step a couple, you know, episodes ago about like, everybody has a different way of doing it. And, and I think sometimes often at night, you know, or even midday, you know, I can like check myself and be like, okay, well, why am I, why am I irritated with this person or what's going on that I'm frustrated with this problem? Or why am I, you know, shouting at somebody or motherfucking somebody under my breath? You know what I mean? And that's the really, that's the really amazing thing about this process. When we get here, when we get, you know, in this paragraph, when we get to step 10, my ability to inventory myself, my behavior, and check in with my higher power and find out like, is this really what God wants for me? Right. You know, um, because often what I want for me and what the higher power has planned for me are two very different things. Um, you know, it, it talks about other aspects of our lives would progress naturally as they were meant to all along, right? Um, but that requires effort on my part, right? I can't, I don't, I can't say you need to change and I don't need to, and then everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. I mean, that would be way easier to be perfectly honest with you, but, um, and you know, and that's just addiction speaking when I say that out loud, I mean, I'm being very lighthearted, but, um, I think that, you know, it says here, we saw that by making spiritual development, our primary focus, other aspects of our lives progress naturally. Right. Um, and I couldn't, you know, on, and one, two, three, I couldn't have, really imagined that's what it would look like when I got to this part of the step. And, um, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful that I don't, I'm also grateful that I don't have to wait until the next round of steps with my sponsor, right? Like I can do something now. I also am grateful. And I, a couple of people have said, it, I like, sometimes will call my sponsor and say, I need to work on a step or I need to do something, or I need to do an inventory, um, and kind of tell on myself. And, and that's very refreshing instead of me having to circle around the drain and somebody try to pull me out and say, you need to do something. So it, it's really, it's, it's, it's nice to know that I have that capacity today. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks for those comments, Jennifer, you know, by, by keeping that, um, by keeping some of the, the progress that we make a priority, uh, check this out. This is an experience I had, I had yesterday, my, my ex, well, my first ex-wife, when you get divorced more than one time, you get to say that. So my first ex-wife, the boy's mom, uh, man, it's been, it's been a journey of, I'm not getting into the ring. You know, when she says a couple of things, hey, I'm not getting into the ring. I'm not getting into the ring. And we have a really strong co-parenting relationship and check this out as a result of that. And that's eight, nine and 10 right there, man. That's eight, nine, that that's taking vertical walls and making them horizontal bridges. That's exactly what that practice allowed. And so Austin, our youngest boy turned 14 yesterday and he wanted to, this is really cool. He said he just wanted to have a family dinner. He wanted it to be his brother, me and his mom. And uh, so we went to a place that he likes, you know, we had dinner and stuff like that. And, and I was sitting there thinking, and, and, and these two paragraphs really, really just highlight it is like, I don't, I don't get the instant gratification of saying, you know, fuck this and fuck you, you know, this and that and whenever when, when, to make me feel good for a couple of seconds. It's like, Hey man, let me put in the work to co-parent with her. The boys benefit from it. And we can have a dinner last night. That was fucking, it was beautiful, man. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, we took a lot of funny pictures and, and all that stuff. And if you guys know my, my, my first ex-wife, super, um, like super proper, you know, very proper, like sits up straight and, you know, uh, she knew like the little fork was supposed to be on the outside. She taught me that I didn't know why the fuck you had two forks anyways, you know, go to places and stuff. So it's very, so we could have this one photo last night of me and the boys giving the middle finger and her, you know, just very proper, you know, in the, in the, in the waitress lady took the photo. It's just fucking cool, man. It's just really cool. And then check this out because I'm, because I'm free. When the check came, she said, yeah, just pass that down to him pointing to me. And you know what? Okay. No fucking Okay. You know what? Okay. Fucking okay. I didn't love it. You know, I didn't love it, but it's okay. Right. It's okay. But it's freedom. man. You know, we protect, we protect that, the, 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 those things that we can, that, that prevent us 
from feeling good now, but hurting us later, we can do that. And then we, then we receive the benefits of it. And it was just cool, man. Continued freedom. Like what we're talking about. What up, Will? Hey, what's going on? Um, just wanted to comment here a little bit. Uh, our humility was enhanced by our newfound appreciation of others' feelings. Our self-esteem grew along with our increased capacity to forgive both ourselves and others. Um, I have a bad habit of looking ahead, working ahead. And I'm, uh, I don't know that I'm smart, but uh, I can do puzzles pretty well. Um, and especially with that flat book and it's a million questions. If you look ahead, you can realize that if you answer a question a certain way, you're really going to have to latch on to your answer a couple of questions away. So like I'm making sure I write in pen now. So I stopped erasing shit, you know, um, because when those bricks start to fall or those dominoes, man, they fall pretty quick. Um, and I love how it ties in. Like, obviously it's talking about our spirituality getting towards step 12. So like my first, even few rounds of the steps, like, um, I don't want nothing to do with God. Even spiritual kind of freaks me out. I don't, I don't like church. I don't like that kind of stuff. And I also don't like hippies. Sorry for offending anybody, but like those two things were not on my fucking plate and I wasn't going to be either of those things. And I knew that coming in here. Um, and it has changed a little since I'm sorry. I just don't fucking like it. I don't tell you fucking truly sounds gross to me. I don't, I'm not a fan. Anyway, I fucking, uh, so as I get into this eighth, ninth and though, though, like I start to realize like a lot of the things that I've held against, say my parents, um, and against the institutions and things like that, um, are also things that I'm asking forgiveness for, which is a real fuck. So I'm going to, if I'm going to ask you to forgive me for being an addict, I might have to, uh, you know, forgive you for being an addict. Um, if I might ask you to forgive me, hey, I made that, I was, I was young, I was stupid. I might have to admit, hey, my, you were 22 years old with a fucking, you know, three-year-old toting around like, Okay, I might have to admit that, that we connect on some levels here. And I might have to admit that, you know, uh, I share some of the same things. And that's really is where my spirituality kind of kicked off for my ability to connect to other people um, and, and to realize, like, hey, I'm, how crazy is it? Like, I went to the Disney World and shit when I was a kid. Like, at 20-some years old, like, I never should have been allowed to haul a kid around anywhere. That is the most irresponsible shit I have ever heard of. Like, for people to just be traveling before cell phones. Like, my parents taking me out of state going places like this just seems like a horrible fucking idea to me um you know but to like realize like I mean, they were kids too um and we saw that by making our spiritual development our primary focus other aspects of our lives would progress naturally as they were meant to all along so i love narcotics anonymous so much um it worked so well for me that like i didn't read another book outside of narcotics anonymous literature for uh eight years not not a not a spiritual thing, not anything outside of like if if it, if it wasn't in an NA text, I didn't need it, um, and that was kind of my attitude. And it wasn't a, you know, actually it was probably after I even started participating in this podcast that I started to look at because step seven in the flat book, and I remember in high school they're like, if you don't know the answer to a question, move on and come back later. Like I still use that. All right, so one of the questions in step seven will be like, who exactly are you praying to? How are you turning this over? And I'm like, you know, I'm fucking. And just move on past, man. Like, I just you know it's working for me right now. Um, you know, and that started to bother me more and more. Like, as I got more in touch with, like, the spiritual side of myself that I didn't really have an identification piece to what I, what I was relying upon. And I'm not going to get into that because that's my own journey and that's for me. But, um, you know, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with uh, with at least accepting some <laughs> some suggestions and some ideas outside of my own on that. And it's, uh, it's uh, as I said life would progress naturally as it was meant to all along. I tend to get my own fucking way a lot. Um, and if I just kind of step back, shit falls into place and works just like a lot of people told me it would that I didn't want to be right. So I fight that a little bit. That's all I got. Hey, Will, thanks for those comments, man. And anytime you want to share your journey, is this is a place we can lean into that stuff. And not speaking of hippies, Eric had his hand up well before Will said he fucking hates him. Eric, no, <laughs> Eric, what's happening? I didn't hear anything he said after. I I don't like hippies. I just completely tuned out. I love you anyway, Will. Uh, I don't wear patchouli, so I don't know if that makes me a hippie or not. But no, I'm not a hippie. You know, what's funny is I had a. I'm not particularly fond of rednecks, and I had a redneck sponsor for a few years, man. You know why? Because he fucking was clean for a long time, and he, you know he was involved in the program, man. And I needed some help, so uh, you know I asked him to sponsor me. Um, I don't even remember what I was thinking now. Don't like hippies. Who doesn't like hippies? Uh, <laughs> um, 
you know, I was thinking about like the, the self-talk and being reminded to like talk to myself like somebody I love, man. You know, like I could still criticize myself, but in, in a loving way, you know, I don't need to be. And it's lazy of me to just say you're a piece of shit. It's the same thing I do with other people, right? I put them into a box and I cast them off. You're a piece of shit. You know I mean, you're a liar, you're a thief. That's it. Instead of you're a complicated human and what's going on here. Um, so I like this uh, talking about the freedom from the ninth step, man. Like, I remember somebody told me one time, like, this is a step that separates the men from the boys, you know, and like, it talks about our self-esteem grew along with our uh, capacity to forgive both ourselves and others, man. And like, that was like a, a self-esteem building step, man. I was like, that was like the first real grown up time I'd accepted, not just accepted, but taken responsibility for my shit, man. Taken responsibility for my shit and attempted to clean it up with no, you know, not to get something out of it, but just to fucking, so I can start, you know what I mean? So I can start here. And then I just love how it's 10, 11, and 12 is like, keeps me firmly in the present, man. You know, and I don't, I don't spend a lot of time, barely any time anymore, regretting the past. You know what I mean? Like it went the way it went. Couldn't win any other way, you know, went on this crazy fucking journey of using for 20 years. God brought me to NA and NA brought me to God, you know, and like now I get to live in 10, 11, and 12. And, uh, and I like that it mentions by making our spiritual development our primary focus. Other aspects would progress as they naturally should. Apparently, the other aspects of my life are naturally progressing slowly as they are supposed to, apparently. But like it has not done me a disservice to focus on that spirituality piece and that was something that my sponsor would tell me over and over again man it's the most important part right it's the most important part of it and uh i got other comments but they're further along so that's it thanks for those comments bro it's really nice to see the wisdom that you've gained in this you're deep into your fifth year of recovery now you know we could see that highlights but but you know i guess we're we're throwing all stereotypes out here and we're talking about spiritual folk hippies now you said rednecks and shit don't get me started on gay people either gay, right i mean <laughs> for those who are listening if you're offended by the we it's it is nothing but love you know it's nothing but love but there you know the quote that you're talking about man is uh about separating the men from the boys that's what the, it's it's actually out of the aa 12 and 12 it's it's the first line in step six actually it reads like this is the step that separates the men from the boys because it in context is talking about hey look we're going to eliminate the wreckage of now you know eliminate the wreckage of now you know so that's really cool all right andrew would you be willing to finish page 117 yeah uh starting with focusing our attention cool focusing our attention on our spiritual development brought us to the 11th step we had already become increasingly conscious of a power powerful presence operating in our lives, a power that can restore our sanity and remove our shortcomings. Through recognizing the love demonstrated by such actions, we started to better understand the loving nature of our higher power. The spiritual void we felt at the beginning of our recovery has been filled with gratitude, unconditional love, and a desire to be of service to God and others. Undeniably, we have experienced a spiritual awakening. In order to cultivate this awakening, we have found it is essential to express our gratitude and practice the principles of recovery in every area of our lives. However, this isn't something we do only to ensure that our own recovery continues. Narcotics Anonymous is not a selfish program. In fact, the spirit of the 12th step is grounded in the principle of selfless service. Upholding this principle in our efforts to carry the message is of the utmost importance, both to our own spiritual state and to those whom we are trying to carry the message. Um, hot dog, dude. I mean, that is like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's just gold, man. The spiritual void we felt at the beginning of our recovery has been filled with gratitude, unconditional love, and a desire to be of service to God and others. I was dead inside. I was fucking dead inside when I got here, man. And to think that like, as a result of like, you know, going to meetings, getting a sponsor, working steps and engaging in the process that like, I find myself like, you know, filled with gratitude, unconditional love and the desire to serve, you know, a higher power and others. It's just like, it's fucking mind blowing. It's fucking mind blowing, bro. Um, you know, in this, uh, this service piece, man, like I, I am, uh, 
I'm really glad that we're talking about this because like I, I need this in my life right now. And I don't know if it's where where I'm at in the steps, you know, that like I'm looking at my character defects and me, 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 me. Um, and like I need to be reminded that like NA is not a selfish program. Like this is not just a program about Andrew getting better. You know, this is a program of like how can Andrew get better and help someone else? You know, like it's it's a comma, not a period type thing. Um Upholding the principle, this principle, right? The principle of selfless service and our efforts to carry the message is of the utmost importance. Um, you know, and I think like that's that's covered really well in our traditions and stuff like that, right? That like selfless service needs to guide me in what it is that I'm trying to do here, right? Like not my ego, my desire, how I think the meeting should go, like all of the other kind of like frivolous bullshit. Like, you know, I need to remember that like, this is a program grounded in selfless service and me helping somebody else and not expecting, you know, any sort of, you know, uh, repercussions or, you know, it's just about me helping you, bro. It's just about me helping you. So I don't know. I just needed to hear that tonight. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Andrew. It's, it's kind of wild, man. I always say this, but you know, when not knowing people when they got clean and hearing them talk about, you know, what, what they were like, that your personality is really easy to like lean into when you're talking, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, it's very you know, engaging, you know, and, 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 uh, and full of life. And it's just wild to think about, you know, getting clean and you were dead inside and, and, and all that stuff. It's, it, it's, it blows me away, man. Recovery process. Like how we really get to be free. And I agree with you, bro. I really do, man. Like in, in my soul, this is where Lee would share, you know, Lee would put his hand up if he was on tonight and he would share and talk about being indebted. You know, and I identify with that 100%, man. It's like, it's like on the balance sheet, there, I can't do enough for NA to kind of even that balance sheet out, you know. So thanks for those comments. What's up, Eric? I think you called on me. You muted yourself. But uh, yeah, like um, my sponsor say that all the time at the end, man. Like he was still going to his home group every week, man. He's got tongue cancer, barely speak, saying like, you know, he knows he doesn't have to go there to stay clean. Like, you know what I mean? He's been clean 30 something years, but he still owes, still owes Narcotics Anonymous, man. That's the way I feel too. Like this, uh, the, the, the spiritual void we felt at the beginning has been filled with gratitude, unconditional love, and a desire to be of service to God and others, man. And I've got that service bug, man. Like I have a desire to be of service to, to others, man. Like, you know, I, sometimes I got to dial it back a little bit, you know, because it used to just be, Anytime I'm asked to do something on Comics Anonymous, yeah, you know what I mean? But now I have to, like, temper that with the rest of my responsibilities in my life, man. But I still, man, I don't ever regret spending time doing step work with a sponsee or showing up um, to H&I or any of that stuff. Like, none of that is a waste of time for me, man. Just like I, I never regret not using, you know, I never wake up in the morning and go, man, I should have got high last night. You know, like, I never regret going, like, that was a waste of time. Like, it's something real. Um, you know, but I, I also get in my head about that and go, you should be fucking chasing money because uh, you ain't got much, you know, but like, it doesn't make me feel the way I feel when I spend time with other recovering addicts, man. And maybe that will come with time. I don't know. But uh, I also wanted to underline that my favorite sentence out of this whole thing, man. If I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say, this is a selfish program, I'd have like five bucks. So like a hundred times I probably heard somebody say that shit, man. And every time I would get like, you know, I used to sniper share it, you know, and now I still just get a little twitch when I hear it, man, because it says it right there. Narcotics Anonymous is not a selfish program. You know, the best I can do is try to understand what somebody's trying to say. You know what I mean? Like you can't, uh, maybe they're talking about trying to save another addict or something like that. And they say this is a selfish program. But like, I think we're really does a disservice to say that, man, because bam, right there. Narcotics Anonymous is not a selfish program. This whole thing is about. Uh, selflessness man and like you know escaping the bondage of self uh, that's it thanks for those comments eric what's up barb hey douglas i was up next the, the spiritual void we felt at the beginning of our recovery i was sitting here thinking i remember that 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 um there used to be a girl that said that hole in my soul, you know, and I didn't even know that that was there. And I didn't even know that I was trying to fill it with, you know, sex and, and, and money and food and, you know, and, and today I do know that, you know, and it talked about um, 
th that's really beautiful. That last, that last of our recovery has been filled with gratitude, unconditional love, and desire to be of service to God and others. Undeniably, we have experienced a spiritual awakening. And that was, that's the first of many, you know, and that's like my first sponsor told me the same woman that walked through that door will get high again. And this, this tells me um, that, that this is the first of many spiritual awakenings and that I will change. And I have, you know, and, and, um, you know, I can remember when, when, um, my, my evolution with God has been, I can remember when I read all these books about God, you know, and, and I went to school and I took all these classes, comparative religion, philosophies of the East. Paul talks about it, going to Buddhist temples everywhere, you know, to um, find my, you know, find the God of my understanding. And, and what I realized through all that is all I got to do is seek. All I got to do is seek, you know, don't define it. Don't name it. Don't give it characteristics. In the flat book, it says loving and caring. I don't even know that it's loving and caring, but it, but it seems to assist me and want my good for me or help me to create, you know, I'm a co-creator with it. And I keep it real simple like that. And then it talks about the selfless service for a long time. This, this, you know, it's such a paradox. I got to give it away to keep it. You know, it's not about me, but it's all about me. I got to keep the focus on me. You know, it's all these paradoxes in, in the program. And for a long time, I didn't do selfless service. You know, I still, I'm an addict. I'll jump into, um, you know, the ego shit in a minute, you know. And, and but, but I did it because you told me I had to do it to stay clean, you know. And, and somewhere along the way, it has changed where my motives are. I'm selfless about 80%. You know, I don't know that I'm ever selfless, you know, about 80%. And that's good enough. And I get to go into jails. I get to go to Bridgeway and do a, a basic tech study Saturday, you know, and I do, you know, when I speak, I always pray before I speak and I always say there's one person, there's one person that needs to hear something I'm, I have to say and please let me say it, HP, you know, and and it's things like that because I've come to the conclusion that that, that I shouldn't be here. Many of my uh, family and friends aren't here and the only reason I am here is because um, to carry this message, you know, and that's why I'm painfully honest when I share why I put it out there because I get freedom, Jen's word, freedom. And I, I hold my head a little higher and, and inevitably somebody hears something that, you know, that, oh, she said that, you know, and, um, you know, and that's what this thing is about. So, you know, I, I try to be selfless, but I'm not selfless. I'll be an egomaniac with an inferiority complex in a minute. You know, it's all about me. I'll make your shit about me, you know, and that's something I constantly have to guard is, is you know, my ego jumping up, you know. I just had where uh, uh, a guy said in a meeting, oh, how do you keep all them women straight? Because I got three women that I'm sponsoring. And and I said, um, you know, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. Don't pick up, you know. And that was the right answer. But boy, my ego, and I felt, I, I felt it. My ego building up and saying, oh, he said that. And you know what? I And I was like, don't go there, Barb. Don't go there, Barb. Well, I went there. And the very next day, you know what I did? I got, I got, something happened with one and I got this feeling of inadequacy all day and it's like thanks HP because that's what happens you know I get right-sized and thank God you know anytime I get right-sized whether it be through humility or humiliation it's like thank you HP because I know I'm arrogant <laughs> you know left to my own devices I'll be running on Barb's wheel today even after 27 years you know and I'm not always selfless you know but today I remember that, like Douglas said, I can never, ever, ever pay this back. And my message is simple. There's a way out. There's a way out, you know, so thanks. Thanks for those comments, Barb. I think that's really cool. Probably should check in often with uh, what percentage of selflessness am I running on, you know, right now. I like that. And I was waiting for you to talk about Street Barb. I was like, where, you know, did she come out when that guy said something? We'll revisit that here in a little while. What up, Jennifer? I'm going to reiterate a couple of things that Barb said, because you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I didn't know I had a spiritual void when I got here. I had zero clue. And um, and I, I appreciate you saying that, Barb, because it is, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out, like completely, like to really understand what that meant. And I'll be like, spiritual void, like fuck spiritual 
anything, by the way. Um, but, you know, so I'm going to go into to, to, to a definition because um, cultivate, right? I really, this is really the one thing that, that, that I've had to work on is, is cultivating an awakening, you know, um, with my 11th step and, um, you know, try to acquire or develop. Uh, but really what I, what I read was this, this is other one it says apply oneself to improving or developing, right? So I'm trying to improve and develop a relationship with a higher power that keeps me, keeps me grounded. Right. And, um, and that's not always easy, you know, um, and, and, and this process for me, you know, it's essential to express our gratitude and practice the principles of recovery in every area of our lives. Maybe 80% of the time I'm going to use the 80%, right? Like I don't always do that. I don't always feel that. Um, I'm a big proponent of gratitude, right? I'm a big proponent of seeing the good, even when there's bad. Um, but I fall short often, you know, and I get stuck in this one thing or this, these two things in my life that are not going the way that I prefer it, or, you know, something's going on at work or my kids are doing something. And it's like the world's fucking ending, right? It's like chicken little, chicken little, the sky's falling and everything's over. Um, you know, but I have some tools today, right? Because I've cultivated this awakening. So I have some tools and choices, right? I didn't have choices when I got here. I had zero choices. My choices were to use, you know, and if I didn't use, I was incapable of functioning with life on life's terms. And, and I have so many choices today and that's the freedom, you know? Um, but with that comes that responsibility of, you know, I don't just get to keep this for myself. Um, and, and, and I agree also, I, there's nothing I'm going to do that's ever going to repay what I've received. Nothing. It doesn't matter how many meetings I speak at. It doesn't matter how many times I answer the phone line or H&I meetings that I do. It doesn't matter if I have 14, you know, service positions, which, you know, I probably tried to do at one point or another, you know, try to do too many, you know, on the flip side of that. And, and that's the thing, right? And I, <clears throat> I try very hard to not let whatever it is that I'm doing, Barb, you know, like bring me up way above what y'all are doing, right? Because I can get holier than thou or, you know, self-righteous, um, you know, not as much as I used to, but man, I think back to some days when I was, you know, doing some shit in area service and you know what I mean? Like really showing up and doing all this stuff. And I, and I remember literally sitting at the front of the room, looking at everybody going, man, like I'm the fucking coolest thing since sliced bread up here. Right. Look at me just doing this shit. And I know my parliamentary procedure, my Roberts rules of order, you know what I mean? Like you get really high up on the, on the thing. And I, and this is, so this is, this is funny. So I was talking to a newcomer last night. I went to a meeting. I don't normally go to and I was talking to this new guy that had nine months. <clears throat> we went out to eat afterwards. And um, and somebody asked me how much time I had. They said, oh, you've been clean for, for a while. And I was like, yeah. And then they were like, well, how much time do you have? Like, and there's this like weird part of me that like doesn't want to say how much time I have. Like I have 30 years clean because I don't want to like create this ego. But on the other side, it's like, yeah, this shit works. I've been doing it for 30 years. And finding that middle ground sometimes is so hard to not like I don't need to be over here patting myself on the back saying look at me but I also not I ought not be ashamed to say I have that much time for fear of you know my ego it's like so finding that middle ground and really upholding it talks about uh upholding this principle right grounded in the principle of selfless service like it's am I being of service by telling you I have 30 years clean if you ask me yeah because this guy has nine months and I'm telling you that for 30 years I've been able to stay clean you know just for today um and it, it was a really interesting little internal battle I had with myself last night so um so I mean what that tells me is and I'm an addict and um I still need to do the work <laughs> You know, when I'm muddled up in my head and thank God, um, thank God I have you guys and, and, and the steps and, um, you know, and this letter share with that, I'll pass. Thanks for those comments, Jennifer. It's really cool how some, you know, it doesn't, it could be anything we can get out of proportion, like our arrogance, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, when I get out of the shower, I look in the mirror and I say, daddy's home. I'm fucking arrogant, man. You know, like that's, I just, I digress with that. But Jen, what you're talking about really, and we're going to end with this is like, when, when you talk about cultivating and stuff, it's beautiful. Paul, it's what you were talking about in the previous episode is like, 
it's prayer all day, you know, and, and that's a really cool perspective to, to do that. I'm nurturing a relationship with the HP. I can't block it off. Like even, even if I'm doing something, maybe like, you know, it's kind of a little bit lower than my expectation of myself. I'm still connected with the HP. I can't put up this magic tent and in, in saying, all right, HP, you can't see what I'm doing here. You know, it's, it's, it's my connection throughout the day. All right, folks, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for rocking with us for this last hour. As always, if you know somebody who could benefit from this resource, please do provide it for them. And if we could be of assistance providing it to an institution or anything like that, reach out to us and allow us to do that. We love you, folks. Hey, thank you for spending some time with us and walking on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so and reach out to us. Oh, there's a podcast number, there's a Facebook page, um, and you probably um, have contacted one of the squad already. Continue to do so. Pour into us, allow us to be filled up, and that way we can continue to pour into you. I love you, folks.